for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Father, I thank you for this time together. Thank you for this opportunity to minister your word and minister to people who have ears to hear and a heart to desire your kingdom, Father. We give the Holy Ghost entrance into our lives this evening. He is the teacher. He's the guide. He's the comforter. We believe that he will take the things of yours and reveal them unto us this evening. We open ourselves for that. We say, come thy kingdom, be done thy will in our lives. And we yield to thee this evening, and we thank you for your presence and your guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. And those are not just words. We need to mean that. <clears throat> I'm sure all of you do. So, All right. So this is our third session in this month of August. We have one more next week. <clears throat> and at the top of the page this evening, you can see where I've got written down there, your future is in your seed sown. Remember God... In Genesis, there was a garden. Well, what do you have gardens for? You have gardens so that you can plant something and it produces after its kind. Well, our seed, our seed sown is the future of our lives. What we're going to have, what we have coming in, and what the Spirit of God is going to be able to show us and deal with us on. <clears throat> and then as importantly, you can see where it says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Certainly, that has to begin to dawn on our consciousness more and more the number of times that we've looked at those verses, the number of times that pastor has ministered on the kingdom of God. Uh, and we're grasping it, are we not? Right there. Right here, right here. <clears throat> yes, we are. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, that. Thank you that for a tremendous response. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay. I understand. I understand. <clears throat> All right, let's jump right into it this evening. Let's go to our first reference there, Leviticus 27 and 30. This should be coming more familiar with you as well. And you say, well, you, you keep mentioning the tithe. Well, I keep mentioning the tithe because it's extremely important in the economy of God and in the kingdom of God. Some people, some believers, wherever they, you know, started going to church or something like that, they think the tithe has passed away. No, the tithe has not passed away. In fact, you see Jesus himself in red in the New Testament speaking about it. So it absolutely has not passed away. And Scripture specifically tells us, well, let's go ahead and read this, I guess. Leviticus 27 and 30, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, and it is holy unto the Lord. So who does the tithe belong to? The Lord is what it says. <clears throat> How did that jump so much on me here? Okay, now let's look at the... Okay, now we'll read that one there. So <clears throat> all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, and it is holy unto the Lord. <clears throat> now let's go over to Malachi chapter 3. And that obviously is the last book in the Old Testament, but we're going to see a little bit more here on this. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. 11. 
Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God? Question mark. Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, well, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should be not room enough to receive it. And, if that's not enough, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. So there's some tremendous benefits of us honoring God with the tithe. The first tenth, we've shared that many times, tithe means a tenth. Well, it's the first tenth that's holy and belongs unto God. And so we return that to him. And you notice up above, he's talking about them being cursed. Well, the reason why the tithe is important as we're teaching on seed time and harvest and how we're going to grow in our, in our own lives, financially speaking, in other people's lives, a sowing seed will be blessed if we're a tither. Because that's what he said. So tithing is very important. Now, there's some that may not be tithing now for whatever reason, because they don't know, they haven't learned to what. Well, I strongly encourage you to look into the certainly in many references we've given in these classes and pastors ministered on before, and see if, in fact, that you can understand that that's what God wants us to do. And he will bless us. He will, he will open the storehouses. And that's how we're going to cooperate with him. We're going to give it, it says the tithe is holy and belongs unto the Lord. And so we're going to return that first tenth to him, and then in the process of our giving and our receiving and our sowing seed, his blessing is going to be able to be on that, because you're not in the cursed situation. <clears throat> and that is good news. <clears throat> All right, let's jump over to the New Testament, Ephesians 4. I think I have said before, but maybe not enough, uh, that if you have questions in any one of our classes uh, that I don't make something clear, you don't understand what I said, you're certainly welcome to come speak to me afterwards and I'll help clarify whatever that is. So, <coughs> Ephesians 4, 27 and 28, on the same vein we've just been speaking on. 4.27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let him that stole steal no more. Well, back then when we was looking at Leviticus and Malachi, he was talking about how they had robbed him. They had stolen from him. So in the New Testament, the Bible says, to him that stole, steal no more. If that, whatever that situation we was in at one time, well, we just need to choose to end that. We're going to honor God with our tithe because it belongs to him. And we're not going to be stealing from him anymore. <clears throat> and we will be blessed for doing that. 
You being a tither, now this won't be on your notes, but it's a note for me on my notes to make sure I don't forget to express it to you. You being a tither, this brings the blessing of God upon your seed sowing. And we need to understand that. You are a tither. You are in covenant with Almighty God. You honor him with the first tenth that belongs to him. And we should have an expectation that there's going to be a blessing on our seed time in our harvest. He said that he would do that. <clears throat> and I believe that he will. All right, moving right along, let's go to the next one. 1 Timothy chapter 6. You see, that'd be in the, in the New Testament, right? Yeah, how about that? First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. How does he give to us again, does it say? He giveth to us richly all things to enjoy. That word richly means copiously, abundantly. That's what God's plan is all about. That's what he sees. He doesn't see lack. He's all about abundance. And he wants you and I to be able to operate in abundance. That is the will of God. That is the kingdom of God. It is abundance. And he wants to enable us to walk in that so we can demonstrate his kingdom to others. <clears throat> Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. <clears throat> Verse 18, that they do good that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Being ready to distribute. Again, that's speaking about our seed time and harvest, about our sowing seed. God gives us things richly to enjoy, and he wants us to be ready. You know, if you, was on, if you had some job and you was on call, and you... You had to be home or at least near your phone so when they called you, you could come on a several minutes notice or whatever. Well, you're going to be ready. Well, here, God wants you and I to be ready to distribute. Well, if you don't have anything in your pocket or your wallet or your checkbook, you're not going to have a whole lot to distribute. Well, he wants us to walk in abundance so that we're ready to distribute. That is his will that is his kingdom, and that is his supply. He has no problem supplying it. Uh, I won't say his <clears throat> problems at all, I guess, but he has the work through you and I. Now, not just I, you and I, obviously, but the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ on planet Earth right now. He's no longer physically here. The Holy Ghost is within us, our guide, our comforter, the one that speaks to us and leads and guides us into all truth. He's the one that will lead you to 
Susie, Harry, Tom, whoever, to distribute something to them. He knows what's going on in their life. You might have no idea. We probably do not have any idea. But he'll speak to us. How many know he's got a way of doing that? He can get your attention. He's not, we need not think, well, I'm pretty slow on the pickup. Or I'm pretty hard of hearing. Well, that may be the case, but he can overcome all of that. <clears throat> he hires the handicapped, so to speak. And that would be you and I. Take a look in the mirror. That's, that's what he's got to work with. But he does, a, he does a very good job with it, so. All right. All right, now let's go to a book that Pastor ministered on recently, Matthew chapter 6. He not only ministered on recently, he's ministered on several times. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start with verse 25. Okay, I hope I can... No, I don't hope that. I'm moving right along. Matthew 6, we're going to read from 25 to 34. 25 to 34 encompasses 10 scripture references. We're going to look at all 10 of those scripture references. What would a half of 10 scripture references be? Five. Look at the talent we have here. And the computer couldn't even get it going quick enough. Well, as we go through these, you're going to find out five of these 10 verses that we're going to look at all share a same word in particular. And you'll see what it is in a minute. All right, let's move along here. Now, this is, <clears throat> this is great. We need to grasp all this. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment. I think you'd agree with that, would you not? Our life is much more important than just our body and what we eat, drink, wear, and everything else. But yet, our life in this body is very important. Because once you don't have that body anymore, here on planet Earth, you're not going to do any more ministry. You're not going to do any more sowing and reaping. It's all over with. We have this body here on earth. We have something to do with it. That's why we yield ourselves to him. Okay, don't get off on that. <clears throat> Verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into bonds. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they. Are you much better than the fowls of the air? Of course we are. But yet, God feeds them. It tells us right there. Now, if we never knew it before, nobody ever told us, you wondered, how do those birds, I see them flying around, they're all around the house, how do they ever eat? Well, here's your answer. He takes care of it. They don't go hungry. They're certainly not on food stamps. Everything's fine in the animal kingdom. God's created and supplied for everything. Verse 27, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Verse 
Which one of us, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? What do you think that would mean when it says, by taking thought? What's that? Worry. Everybody agree with that? See, I ask questions sometimes. Oh, I better not say. She already said one answer, and I don't know if there's another one or not. Hey. Said who? Someone said who said that? Very good. Look at that. Well, we can quit right now and go home, I guess. No. Right. Yes. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to a stature? Okay. This taking thought means to be anxious. To be careful, have careful thoughts, to be troubled with cares. See, we're taking this thought. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking a thought if the thought comes from the Holy Spirit, if the thought comes from the Word of God, if it agrees with the kingdom of God. But how many know, especially in the area of finances, many times we're taking other thoughts that are not necessarily coming like this. And those thoughts aren't just drifting in from cyberspace someplace. Our adversary, the D-E-V-I-L, has emissaries out there trying to bring these out. How do you think you're ever going to do that? Or what's going to happen here? How are you going to make that kind of me? Did that break down? What's going to go on? Didn't God say he'd supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory? He did. <clears throat> but that's a thought that we need to take and allow it into our system. Did you get a handout? I told you. Thank you for your help. Does everybody have a handout now? So you have to have a handout, because <laughs> I won't go there either. Why don't we stick to the scripture here? Okay. <clears throat> Which of you by taking thought? Now that word thought uh, in the Greek there, it's number 3309. Not that's a big thing, but it is this word that we're going to see in five of these ten scriptures right here. And one of them, more importantly, brings something out greater than what we just saw right there. <clears throat> so which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And the answer to that would be none of us. We can't do that. Uh, he says, and why take ye thought? For raiment, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now you can imagine Solomon was arrayed pretty good, was he not? In everything that he had and everything that he personified, in a tremendous kingdom he oversaw at that, that period of time. Well, God's telling us... <clears throat> You know, we're not to take thought <clears throat> for our raiment. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And up above, he was saying the same thing. The fowls, they don't sow, they don't reap, but yet he takes care of them. It's God's design to take care of everything and everybody in his kingdom. And he's well capable of doing it. That's what he wants us to be able to get a hold of. See, he is well capable of it, means his 
however you want to term it, his bank account, his trust fund, whatever you want to call it and look at it, it means something to you. He has it all. There is no lack in the kingdom of God. He has no problem meeting every need there is, period, and meeting that need in abundance, which means more than enough. Where we are is he needs us to work with him. That's why one place it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That's a promise. That's the truth. That's what he's trying to draw us in, help us to get a grasp on it, help us to get hungry for that so he'll be enabled to do it through us. Everybody in this room is capable of sharing the abundance of the kingdom of God. Uh, verse 31. Here's the therefore. The wherefore was in 30, now the therefore is in 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Take no thought, saying, Notice that phrase. Now this word thought here is that same word 3309 means anxious thought, worryful thought now. So he doesn't want us to take a thought that's going to cause us to be in worry, cause us to be in fear, cause us to be thinking about lack. He wants us to take a thought that has to do with abundance, about what his kingdom is really about, what he is really about. <clears throat> so take no thought... What's the word after that? Saying. You have right there, if you haven't heard it before, this is how you take a thought by saying. Now, we should be saying, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because that's what his word is. That's what, that's what he supplies it at. We shouldn't be taking the thought of, well, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? Your kid needs this. That's not right. Cars broke down. Rent's not paid. Blah, blah, blah. Those thoughts are going to cause you to have anxiety and to have worry. Well, put it this way. Now, I shouldn't lay that on you. Those are what those thoughts are designed to do. And so, again, the Holy Ghost right in here, he's the one that's going to help us to see when all this worry and fear, hey, 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 what's going on here? Well, then the Holy Ghost will... Help calm us down. Think on these things. Take no thought saying. Don't take that thought about the lack of everything else, about the unbelief, or you've got a little headache today or a pain or something. You've got cancer. Don't take that thought. Cast that baby in the sea if you get, get rid of it. We have a choice. We had a choice to accept Jesus as our Savior, right? We have a choice to go from little faith unto greater faith. We have a choice to believe God's word, what he said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Our job is to seek. His job is to get those things down here added unto you. And he can do it. He's got adders all over the place. He doesn't need any subtractors. So seek first the kingdom of God, in all these things, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, what you're going to clothe, all these things will be added unto you. That's what he said. Now, what do you say in this book? What's it, what's it called? John, uh, in chapter 3, and was it 16? What do you say there? Oh, give me a rough idea what he said there. 
For God so loved the world that he gave. Whosoever believeth in Jesus will be born again, right? Roughly speaking. Okay. Well, we believe that word. We believe that word. We took and got a hold of that word, and it did us some good. Well, that's exactly what he wants to do with these other ones. Take no thought, saying all these things that are in opposition to his kingdom, in opposition to his will, don't allow those thoughts to have place in your life. Now, we've all let them in at one another. So this is no condemnation thing. It's helping us to see. We're giving the Spirit of God something to work with in our daily life. There could be something to come up tomorrow morning. And say, I choose not to take that thought. Thank you very much. You know, return to sender. Refuse delivery. <clears throat> okay. Therefore, take no thought saying, but remember that. That's how we take a thought. And we should be taking thoughts. My God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. Well, I just took that by saying it. And so when we say something, when we're saying things, the things we should be saying is the seed of the word of God that he gave us to sow. When you speak, you're sowing. You're sowing the word of God in that illustration. And guess what? It's going to produce after its kind. Well, you mean that one that he supplies all my need according to his riches and glory? That's going to produce in my life? Well, you better believe it's going to produce in his life. You believe John 3.16 produced in your life, didn't you? Well, we can believe these ones are going to produce. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's what he said. Okay, verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. In other words, the things, pre the things previously he's been mentioning... After all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He's not ignorant of what's going on on planet Earth in 2019. He knows all about things on this earth. He knows all about inner nets and outer nets and whose nets and fish nets. He knows it all. Fish nets. You catch that one? <laughs> I can have a drink of this water right here. Is that all right? He knows all about water also. Glory to God. For your father knoweth that you have need of all these things. 6.33 But seek ye first. Again, as has been pointed out multiple times, there can only be one thing that's first in our lives. Now we may neglect it at times if we want to be truth about the situation, especially maturing in in the kingdom of God and in our lives or whatever. But there can only be a first. When you have a race, somebody comes in first, and the other ones are also rans. I mean, they were in the race, but for whatever reason, they weren't, even, they weren't able to keep up and finish that thing over the finish line first. But there is a winner. So seek ye first the kingdom of God, God's kingdom, his way of doing things. His promises that says he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things shall be added unto you. There's another one that we need to take and get a hold of. What was that word, ma'am? Lambamo. Well, Lambamo. Close enough. Lambano. <laughs> Lambano. L-A-N-B-A-N-O. We'll accept the bango also because we know what you mean. 
Oh, by the way, I have a paper here. I think they might have been yours from last week. It looks like. I don't know if that's on there, and I wouldn't say yes if it did, because they don't pronounce it that way, but anyhow, there is a paper here, see me afterwards. Lambango, <clears throat> close enough. <laughs> All right, so anyhow, that's one we should take, that's the one we want to take. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's part of the word of God that we speak, take no thought saying, we speak that word and we're sowing it into our life. He said it would produce after its kind. Now again, as we said before, if your need right now, if your greater need right now was healing of some type, well then that's the word that you want to be sowing into your life right now. So that can produce after his kind. He's got plenty of words having to do with healing, plenty of promises. Right now, our class happens to be on finances in the kingdom of God and what he says to us. So we'll take those words, speak those words, sow those words into our life, and he said they will produce after their kind. And they will. Uh, Verse 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now the adversary can be around with his lies in trying to speak into our lives, cause you to have a thought. Well again, when that thought, when you recognize a woman, I mean, I know this is the situation, I mean, I'm not feeling quite right here, uh, that pocketbook thing's got nothing but dust in it. I get bills coming in the mail. But we can take those thoughts by saying, but when we do, they're going to produce after their kind. They're going to give us more thoughts about worry and lack. That's why, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Go to the word of God. Whatever area we're dealing with, whatever the situation is, put your eyes on that word Speak that word, read it aloud, and then sow that into your life so that it can produce after its kind. That's how the kingdom of God operates. The kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed into the ground, sleep and rise night and day. The seed, the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. Well, you don't have to know how, right? As long as it works. Well, again... That is the word of God. The kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Uh, How are we doing here? Okay. Uh, Okay, so we mentioned in verse 31, it says, take no thought by saying. We've made that a little clear, I think. We mentioned that there's five of these 10 verses and the ones we're looking at, 25 to 34, that have that word careful thought in it. And then also, let me go back here real quick. Follow me in your Bible if you can. I'm going to go slowly. Verse 31. I assume you have the King James Version. I made something else, but... 
The last word in verse 31 has got a punctuation mark after it. What is it in your Bible? Question mark. Question mark. He's doing tremendous here. Okay, let's go up to the 30th verse. The last word in that verse got a punctuation after it. Question mark. Okay, keep on going up here. Uh, Verse 27, last word stature, got a question mark. You say, what are we doing this for? I feel like it. Verse 26, (laughs) verse 26, (laughs) last word day, got a question mark after it. Verse 25, last word, got a question mark after it. I found it interesting that out of those 10 verses we looked at, verse 25 to 34, five of them got that word 3309 in it, take no thought, that worrisome, anxious thought. And five of them, Jesus, Jesus is proposing five question marks, if you will, in this brief conversation here. But see, he's, he's trying to work with them, get in them, help them see, ask a question. Sometimes you don't know what somebody's thinking or grasping unless you do ask a question. I think we'll have a long test after the session. We'll say no. <coughs> Moving right along. Uh, Okay, so that word thought, an anxious and worrisome thought, we've dealt with that in verses 25 through 34 in Matthew 6. Now let's go to our next scripture reference to look at. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. We're going to have something, I would say, interesting to deal with in this one, which goes right along with what we were just looking at. Second Corinthians 10 and 5 says, Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so now this is New Testament teaching. It tells us that we can cast down imaginations. You know, our mind, our imagination is the powerful thing to have. But the adversary likes to come along and corrupt that imagination if he can. There's a lot of imaginations, a lot of thoughts placed on the airwaves and TV waves and book waves and everything else that try to infiltrate into our lives. The imagination. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. He thinks the world is sort of in, the world system is sort of like in a negative vein, if you will. And so because they don't want to accept God in his kingdom, in Jesus the Savior, well then the adversary right now is the little g, God of this world, it says. <clears throat> Adam had a part in that, by the way. <clears throat> but now, Jesus came to give us life and we have it more abundantly. We can now, his, okay, right here, this verse, this is one verse we can take by saying, 
we can say to ourselves, I'm casting down all imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of my God, and I'm going to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Christ means the anointed one. Anointed one and his anointing. Well, that anointing is in you and I. It's called the Holy Ghost. And so by the power of the Holy Ghost, by, by him dealing with us individually, we can cast down imaginations and we can bring into captivity every thought that is not in agreement and alignment with the kingdom of God. And then that'll, I mean, that's worth more than the psychiatrist session. Because all he's going to be able to do is suggest some things to you. And I, I mean, I, I obviously know psychiatrists don't even have a desire to be one, to tell you the truth. But I think they have their place. So probably something they've seen work many times well, then they may suggest that to somebody else, hoping that it would work in their life. Doesn't mean that it will. But we have some things right in here we know are going to work. Because the creator of the universe, in everything and everyone in it, he knows all about it. He has a better plan. He has a more complete plan. He has more light, if you will. And he shares that with us. <clears throat> okay. So we can cast down imaginations and we can bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. Now we are the ones to do this also. Just like we're the ones that can take a thought by saying, but we're the ones that can bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. It's going to be by the Holy Ghost working through us. He's going to aid us with it. He's going to help and enable us to do it. But we're going to have a part in it. <clears throat> All right, now Matthew chapter 17. I like this one. It's not to say I haven't liked the other ones, but. Matthew chapter 17, we're going to be looking at verses 24 to 27 in your Bible or whatever device you have right there, you may see it referred to as a heading of the temple tax. <clears throat> and when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, doth not your master pay tribute? Now, this is going to be referred to two different ways. It's more like a census tax is what it was like in those days. And it was a silver coin, so to speak. We'll see that as we go on. <clears throat> when they were come, they that received tribute money, these are the people that are collecting this money now, they single Peter out and said, does not your master pay tribute? And Peter says, hubba, hubba, hubba. He saith, yes. And when he was come into the house, so all is telling us in this initial part is those that collected the tribute came to Peter, tried to put him in a hard place. Your master, we know you follow him. We've seen you. We got the record. Does he pay tribute? Does he believe in paying tribute? And Peter tells him, yeah. <clears throat> Very interesting things going on here. <clears throat> and when he was come into the house, this would be Peter that we're talking about. Jesus prevented him, saying, 
Don't you like the way that King James sometimes put things? Jesus prevented him. In other words, as we look at it now, way back here in this hindsight of the situation, we know those that collected tribute money sort of got on Peter in a hurry, flashed him a question, and he got an answer. Well, don't you know when Peter now comes back to the master that they want to know if he paid tribute, he's going to want to talk to Jesus about that. It says Jesus prevented him. <clears throat> okay, let's read on from there. When he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Luan, that word take, what do you think it is? Lambango. There you go. <laughs> now, not every time you see the word take, or not every time you see the word receive, what is it exactly that, but many, many times it is. And lambano always means to take and get a hold of. So it's simply saying, what thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, of the strangers. Jesus saith unto him, then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. Now, you know, like the song says, there's something happening here, and it just ain't exactly clear. How in the world? Jesus is in the house. Peter's the one that accosted on the way and asked him the question, but as soon as he goes into the house, Jesus starts talking about this. How do you know to start talking about this? Same thing that's in you that shows you how to know. He knew what was going on. He knows a lot of things. We haven't got some of that yet. Okay, so anyhow, I find this very interesting. Uh, <clears throat> What the heck did I do? Knock my. I hit my wrong finger on my device here, so I'm in the wrong chapter, but having done that before, I know how to get back pretty quickly. Here we go. The temple tax. Verse 27 again. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. Now, Prior to Peter being a pastor, just a loose association of words there, what did he have for a job before? What was his trade? He was a fisherman. Interesting, huh? So Jesus speaks to Peter, and he says, Go thou to the sea, and cast an hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. Well, why in the world would he say the fish that first cometh up? Because there could have been many. 
as we can see in other stories, like the one Pastor ministered on a while ago about that truck. They're going to sink both boats, the load was so big. But he gave them instructions. Now, Peter, being a fisherman and being with the Lord for a while, knowing, I don't know how he knows all this stuff, but he told me to do that, that's what I'm going to do. Go to the sea, cast an hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, I'm going to talk about explicit instructions here. Well, you could say, well, it's sort of natural anyhow, because, you know, he told him to use take a hook. He didn't tell him to do it with a net. He told him to take it with a hook. And now when he gets the fish in, he's got to get the hook out of that fish's mouth. So, okay, we're with him there. Take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Now, this is a little bit strange. And again, how in the world? Peter was out there. They cost him with the question of paying tribute. He comes in the house. Jesus starts talking to him. Peter's got some fishing experience, and now he's giving him all these detailed instructions. He's opened his mouth, you'll find a piece of money. I mean, how the heck does he know there's going to be a quarter in that tuna's mouth? Or that mackerel's mouth? Or whatever the fish are down here? Sturgeon or whatever they call them? Or what's the name of the one that they can, they can catch? It? The one that they, there's some right up there by the marina that's a good eating fish or something. There you go, snook. Snook. <clears throat> All right. Open his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take. You notice? Now don't go into his mouth, get the coin, and flip it overboard. No, go into his mouth, get that. He's, he's going to have a piece of silver coin in that mouth because that's the coin that they use to pay the census taxes. Well, he knew it was going to be there. How to get there? I guess we don't need to worry about it, folks. How you can ask him when he gets you, and he'll give his detailed instructions on it. But this is what happened. And Peter know a lot of these things happen. Find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. And so Peter's fine with that. He's got fishing experience anyhow. And so, and now his tribute of census taxes are paid as well. And so I guess that's going to answer that question, aren't they? He's now going to go back to these guys and try to give them a hard time and say, here, it's for me and Jesus. But there's a lot going on there, isn't there? And that is the kingdom of God. You think that could happen today? Well, of course that could happen today. Well, I never heard of it happen. Well, that's okay. It didn't mean it didn't happen. And it can happen. He can give you instructions and say, well, I don't know why. I don't really know why he wants me to do that. But just go along with it. Some people say humor him. And you won't be humoring anymore when you find out this all come to pass exactly as he wanted it to come to pass. Well, <clears throat> that is the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's what he wants us to have an ear to hear right there. He wants us to take that thought and get a hold of it and give it entrance into our mouth. The kingdom of God can supply all of our needs. And so another thing we'll point out just before we leave this, in this 27th verse, especially when he was given all those instructions, and you could say, well, how in the world could that ever happen over there? You suppose it's got anything to do with this. Jesus believed 
that the things that he saith will come to pass. Isn't that what the scripture tells us to do? <clears throat> Believe that the things you say will come to pass. And so I suggest that's what Jesus was doing right there. I mean, when the Father said, light be, well, and then there was light, because there wasn't any light prior to that. Well, it came to pass. It manifested. Jesus had gave him instructions knowing that the things that he say are going to come to pass. And so that's what you and I is another part of the kingdom of God, that he wants to enlighten our understanding, help, help us become more workable with that and, and, and partake of the kingdom of God. I better move along here. Uh, all right, the uh, many books we passed out, actually last sessions before these, is this one here, How God Taught Us About Prosperity. Uh, now, if there's anyone that never got one, you never got one? Okay. In this bag in the back, there's three different sets of mini books right there. There's ones in the center. There's going to be the ones. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to look at this a little bit this evening, but next week, you'll definitely want this with you. Uh, <clears throat> and what this is, just for very brief introduction or reference, it's a book that was written by Kenneth Hagin Sr. years before he passed away and how the problems that he was having with finances with his own life and ministry and how the Spirit of God came to him and spoke directions into his life. And so many, many years later, he wrote this book. And I think we can find some very interesting things in here. So we'll see how much time we're going to have with it. Uh, I tell you what, can't see the clock good enough, so I'll take another drink. So I'm thinking, well, that's a good thing. I'm glad you can think. Uh, I'm thinking we might pass on this book this evening. The reason I say that is, I have something, yep, thank you. That just means I got seven minutes left. I can press the right button, I can shut it off, there we go. Uh, there's something on the bottom of the sheet that I want to go over with all of us, and then I'd like to allow a few minutes for Susan to share what she was telling me about class, seeing I already mentioned that once, and then we will, we will deal, well, all I can say is maybe exclusively with this book next week. I expect that's probably what it can be, but like uh, I heard Brother Copeland ministering, I don't know, recently uh, watching it on one of his videos or something, and so he saw they had to change course from where he was going, and so he told the people, he says, I just work here, he says, you know, <laughs> Spirit of God tells you to do something, you go with what he tells you to do, because that's going to be the most productive, so I just work here, he says. All right, so... Let's look at the bottom, the uh, notes and stuff I have in the very bottom of the page. Notice it does say suggestion. Keep your tithe money, the first tenth, which is holy and belongs to God, separate from your other funds. Now, I'll preface that by saying you recognize that you, you didn't see that written in the Old Testament or New Testament. 
But I'm suggesting it to you as something that I think you'll find helpful in your life because now there'd be many of us here probably that already do that or have done that for years and that doesn't apply to us. Well, that's fine. But I'm suggesting it to us, especially and it may just be starting, the tithe is holy and belongs unto God and it has a lot to do with how you're going to prosper in the kingdom of God. And so we need to take that seriously. And so I'm suggesting, let's just say you get paid $50 a week. And whether it came in a check or cash or whatever, and $50 a week wouldn't be too hard figuring out the first tenth would be $5. Take that $5 and separate it from the other 45 Why? So you're not tempted to dispense it, because this is the first tenth, and it's holy belongs to God. Now I go on and say, I believe a separate checking account is best. Just and because I, I do think that is best. But there be, may be some of you that don't have separate checking accounts. That's fine. You don't need to run out and get one right now. If the circumstance ever allows, so be it. But that's no pressure. But I just believe it's a better way to do it. However, you do as your situation allows. It could be as simple as an envelope or a bank bag. Choose to become a good steward. I have a separate checking account in my situations. It's tithe all over it. It's known to be a tithe account. And nothing goes into that account but the first tenth, which is holy and belongs unto him. And the only thing that, that ever, a check ever gets written against that is having to do with the kingdom of God because it's a tithe. I, I bring a tithe check here weekly. Well, guess what account that comes out of? I may bring other checks. I may be sowing a seed check. Well, that won't be coming out of that tithe account. Our seed doesn't come from our tithe account. The tithe is the first tenth that's holy and belongs to God. Our seed is something else in our life that we choose to sow so that it can produce after its kind. All right, I want to I, uh, I to look at these two verses down here real quick. Uh, Luke chapter 12. We won't spend much time on them, but Luke chapter 12, verses 42 to 44. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. A faithful steward, a servant in the kingdom of God, that's you, that's how you, that is who you and I want to be. He, he will never entrust you, meaning the kingdom of God will never entrust you with $10,000 until he can find out how you're going to handle $10. Now he's well capable of doing multiples, multiples, multiples of $10,000, but only when you prove what you do do. And I get more thoughts coming now that we don't have time for them. Now let's look at Proverbs 10.4, then we'll be out of here. Or oh, we won't be out of here. I want Susan to share something with us. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10. You might be there before me in verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. We need to know 
what our tithe is at all times, when it comes in, and, and how we're going to handle that. And I'm suggesting, I think you'll find it as a need if you keep your tithe, the first tenth is wholly belongs to him, you keep that separated from your other funds. So you won't be tempted to dip into it and, and, and take from it or whatever. So, Okay, that's a brief. We may touch a little bit more on something on that next week. For listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.